Pete Callender here, 704-570-1110 and uh, 1-800-WBT-1110. And you can email Pete at thepetecallendershow.com. And uh, remember, get the podcast at WBT.com. I want to welcome, actually, back to the program. It's Randy Wheelis from Duke Energy. Hey, Randy, how are you? Hey, doing great. Uh, storm coverage or what? Or is that no? When, right, uh, no. no let's kidding. talk about a little solar power today. Uh, I got a, got a couple of new solar plants going online for Duke Energy this week. And, uh, uh, you know, keep continuing that solar energy in North Carolina, which we are one of the nation's leader. Yeah, no, I just I feel like uh, I feel like I need to ask you about storm stuff just because I don't think like I come back to town and now we've got storms like every single weekend. Uh, it's not my fault. It's just coincidental. So. I could take a week off from storms. I've had a couple <laughs> weeks straight, so uh, I wouldn't mind just uh, watching some football games this week and not worrying about the storms. Yeah, no, I hear you. So uh, let's all right. So let's talk real quick. There was a big announcement on uh, solar energy in North Carolina, which I was actually I kind of knew this was the direction that the state was going on solar energy. But I was kind of surprised to learn that we are actually one of the leaders in the nation when it comes to uh, production of solar energy. And Duke Energy is obviously huge in that space. What, 4,100 megawatts of solar power on the grid in the state right now? And you got some more plants coming online. Do you, well, do you call them plants, solar power plants? you call them plants? You know, you used to call them solar farms, but now yeah. we're starting to call them solar plants solar power plants because they're just you know really except the fuel they use they're basically just like another power plant and so you got two coming online you got one in cleveland county the broad river plant and uh one in cabarrus county the speedway solar plant is that at the speedway no it's well, it's actually near the old concord speedway it's in ah. the town of midland uh really it's probably the nearest large solar farm to downtown charlotte i think it's 18 miles you could be from that solar farm to trade and try on street in Charlotte. So, uh, you know, start, solar power is starting to get a little closer to the city of Charlotte. I don't think we're going to see it in the city limits anytime soon, but uh, that's one that's probably as near downtown Charlotte as any. So I actually do know um, a little bit about that area. I have some uh, I have in-laws that live sort of out past Midland, and so uh, there are a bunch of solar farms that have been uh, established out there. And I get when you go out there and you see it. I mean, it's it, it's pretty obvious. So I l- let me throw out to you the the question that I usually get. Uh, well, I used to get it all the time. There was a former NASA engineer that used to listen to the show when I was up in Asheville. And uh, he would always call any time the solar pan- uh, solar power topic came up or energy and in, in, in really uh, in any context, he would always call and he would always say that solar power is piddle power is what he called it. Piddle power. <laughs> he was not a fan. So how uh, like how how has the technology gotten better? Is it comparable? Can it uh, fill gaps? Is it does it generate enough? Yeah. You know, really over the past decade, the cost of solar panels and the the building methods have gotten better, too. But solar panels prices have come down. So really, when you're talking about the cost of energy, solar is pretty competitive with really any other form of energy. Now, you can't go solely solar power. I mean, there's such things as darkness and other Mm. things going on. But, you know, you put that in a balanced portfolio with nuclear and natural gas, hydro, coal, you've got a pretty good energy mix for North Carolina. And a lot of it's, you know, carbon-free, if that's if you follow that. I mean, when you've got nuclear power, which is about half of the electricity in North Carolina, that's carbon-free. Now you've got solar being built a lot, and that's carbon-free as well. So, And that is the main advantage, it sounds like, right, when it, it, that it doesn't have the 
the emissions issue? Because I've heard people also complain that the solar panels themselves, there are questions about what happens after they hit the end of their life cycle. Just, I mean, all of this stuff in many, these manufactured products, I guess these are always concerns. So the, the real benefit, it sounds like, is quote unquote, you know, clean emissions, right? That's the, that's the clean part of the energy. Right. I mean, definitely, you know, no emissions to the environment. The fuel is basically free. And, you know, that's important now when you look at natural gas and how that price has fluctuated the last year or so. So you've got that. And really, you know, we have a decommissioning plan for all of our solar projects that the solar panels are basically glass and that can be recycled and also there's a lot of aluminum in the racking and that can be recycled too so there's definitely a plan for a solar farm that will probably go for about another 20 years is that is that the the lifespan of the panels about 20 years about 20, 25 years. I mean, there is some degradation in the solar panels as time goes on. So we, we figure in about 20 years we'll have to decommission those projects. And maybe there's another great solar panel being manufactured in 20 years that we can replace it with. That's a really good point because a lot of times we forget, and this is, I'll never forget, like the, uh, you know, the population bomb, Paul Ehrlich talking about, you know, we're going to overpopulate the planet and all this stuff, but there's never like an accounting for advancements in the technology side, which then allows us like, for in that example, in that analogy, you know, to feed more of the people because we've got better farming technologies uh, and the science allows us to grow, you know, bigger crops and more crops and, and in areas where we couldn't before. And so, there, yeah, I mean, they're, I, I am generally speaking an all of the above kind of guy on all of this stuff. Uh, you know, I don't like all I don't like subsidies because I'm a lowercase l libertarian. So, but if if things if these different sources can compete, then I'm fine with it. And that's in this solar these projects are and these are part of what a non regulated commercial brand of Duke, right? So this is explain to me what is the Duke Energy Sustainable Solutions component. Yeah, so Duke Energy has a regulated piece, which is your local electric company that we all love. And and, uh, and then there's also an unregulated piece, and they do wind farms and solar farms really all over the nation. In North Carolina, what they did in the last few years, they had a competitive bidding process. They just said, look, we will, whoever bids the, the least cost can bring on the best project, can build that solar project in North Carolina. So uh, our unregulated business actually beat out a lot of other companies to build those projects. So, uh so it's just really competition, and really customers benefit that from that. I mean, we actually get a project built from the low-cost provider who can build it, and, of course, you know, those power purchase agreements basically pass through the customer, so the cheaper we can make those projects, the better for customers. What is the system right now for, if I wanted to put panels, uh, and I haven't kept up with the, the policy on this stuff, but uh, and, and the regulations, uh, whatever, but like, am I allowed to put all these panels on my rooftop and sell it back to you guys, basically? Am I able to do that? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so... We, uh, from about 2018, I think we had about 6,000 customers in North Carolina who had solar panels on their roof. Uh, today we have around 25,000. So mm. we've had a rebate program for people who wanted to go solar, and that's kind of winding down here. But we've uh, had a lot of people going solar, and, um, you know, it, it's a big financial decision. I think people should go into it with their eyes wide open, knowing it's a big financial decision. And some people love it. Some people regret it. But it's definitely something you can do in North Carolina, and Duke Energy has got plenty of customers doing it. So for uh, comparison here, 4,100 megawatts of solar power on the grid from solar 
powers roughly 800,000 homes and businesses at peak output. And I guess it, there was always a challenge about battery storage and the transmission. I think the, these are like the big challenges, right, with the with solar. Like, what do you like? Yes, you could generate it when the sun is out, but then what do you do with the power? How right. do you how do so you I make think it? What last? you'll see in the future here is really you may have solar plants with a batteries uh, array at the site, so that the solar is contributing to the grid during the day, but also charging that battery. And maybe that battery is needed on a, a winter morning like we have right here. You know, really the peak time of day for energy usage right now is early in the morning, like 7 o'clock. And, of course, you could say, hey, the sun's not out at 7 o'clock. That's true. So if you could have these solar uh, panels charging a battery that could discharge at 7 o'clock, and then within an hour or two the sun's coming up and these solar panels are working. So a lot of that's being, you know, talked about of how do we – continue to make energy available and affordable to people in North Carolina, and I think solar is a big part of that. But I think battery storage is some uh, new technology that we're seeing a little bit now. I think we'll see more of it in, in the future. Randy Wheel is from Duke Energy. Thanks for your time, Randy. Good to talk with you. Thanks so much. Okay, thanks, Pete.